0: Welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week's kind of an exception as we detour from trying to find the greatest movies of all time. we oh, take yeah. a little sidetrack mm. to talk about Under Siege. Time to uh, lock that vault up, I think it'll be right. today. <laughs> and Under Siege 2. Um, oh, where's that pit? <laughs> James and I have had a rule in this podcast and that's to try and avoid uh, Steven Seagal movies like <laughs> it's the plague. And this time was coming. We knew we were going to have to do it. We've covered a lot of action movies, big action movies from the 90s. Oh, we are the biggest. You know, and uh, it was inevitable it was going to come at some point because every turd has a shining. And apparently for Steven Seagal, that is, uh, that's Under Siege, the nineteen ninety. Two movie Which we're going to talk about And then it's sequel Which came out in Yeah And it's these two dark territory <laughs> Come on
1: let's, let's Come on Steven Seagal He's an action man He's an actual action man He knows he's a black belt In, in Taekwondo Problem with that Is Taekwondo looks bullshit
0: <laughs> Yeah I mean Aikido I think is what He's the seventh Dan oh, in Black is, belt I... Yeah Um Just Got that wrong <laughs> <laughs> Great start. This is this is the way of the podcast. Um,
1: Let's just say that Steven Seagal has been quoted and has been named the worst host that Saturday Night Live has ever had. He takes himself incredibly seriously. What's he known for now? He's known for being a bit podgy, having action and stunt doubles do running for him. He's very lazy to the point that he refuses to film action scenes in some of his later films. He'll sit down and do... More, karate and martial arts from a chair because he has said I don't want to stand up he's incredibly ballsy with his attitude towards everything he's a Putin supporter he kind of hates his own country sometimes he had a spin-off show where he pretended to be a cop and he
0: well he, apparently is a legit deputy sheriff in that, uh, New Mexico yeah, yeah, yeah but
1: then when you watch the TV series which I have because because of me because of me I like to be against the grain and I always thought Steven Segal was was better than people thought. I thought he's got something about him. He must do. You know, he's not charismatic and he's not good at action, but he's better than Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs)
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, certainly when Under Siege came out, the movie made more than anything Van Damme's films were making at the time, which catapulted uh, Seagal into the A-listed territory of Stallone and Schwarzenegger. I mean, he didn't stay there long. <laughs> he
1: did, mate, he stayed know. there for Under Siege. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it was a sharp decline after that. But you're right. I mean, I think as any film fan and fanatic will know, and particularly those that have a penchant for action movies and, you know, grew up in, in kind of 80s and, and 90s action territory – under siege is that question, isn't it? That we keep going back to. And much like poor Betty's character in uh, the Da Vinci Code, when he whips himself because he's, you know, he's defiled and, you know, gone off a, on a stray and he, he, he physically causes pain. Or you think of, you know, characters like in St. Maude, where she puts the pins in her shoes because she's gone against her gods. You yeah. know, I think, I think us as film fans every now and again <laughs> suckle at the teat of Seagal thinking, is it that bad? Is it? And very quickly we remember it is. Um, I mean, I wondered where you were going with that. Segal is, as I said, he, he moved to LA, uh, became a martial arts consultant in films. He did have run a dojo. I mean, I think this is the thing. I've listened to like Joe Rogan podcasts and interviews and stuff where they kind of look at Segal, particularly nowadays where you see these ridiculous videos where he's, he's single-handedly target, he? taking on like 20 people and making them do somersaults by just flicking his wrist. And there's a lot of this like... You know, fake master kind of bullshit that comes around. You know, like is it Can anyone actually possess that good a skill, mm. particularly when you're so past your prime? And and I listen to a lot of these interviews where they say legit in the day, guy was a yeah. beast
1: in the day. Yeah,
0: he you was. Know, to be a seventh dan black belt in the martial arts, he was to run a dojo in Japan and yeah. to be a, you know a, a a consultant in films whenever it came to martial arts. I mean, he broke Sean Connery's wrist. Yeah, when showing him stunts for um, Never Say Never Again, which which was then apparently what Sean Connery said about working with Segal. Um, I'd rather have virus. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a is a Bond movie we don't often talk about, which is, which is really yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, Sean Connery returned to 007, but. You know, so he uh, legit. I think back in the day was 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 top notch. I mean, you know, starting his career in 1988 with Above the Law. So that's his probably his peak. That's where apparently his best work's coming from. Although,
1: unfortunately, it's where the meme came from. Is why you don't see him run because Steven Seagal can't run. He looks like a tit. Yeah,
0: I I mean, his (laughs) earlier movies, although low budget and and stuff, they they certainly turned heads, particularly with uh, director um, who did this movie, Andrew. I'll come up to it in a minute. I don't know. But I mean, it, certainly in, the, in his early career, when you look at films like Hard to Kill, Mark Death, Out for Justice, and then obviously Under Siege, so the five movies that led to him being in Under Siege, <laughs> um, he, you know, he certainly was a, a rising star. He was a rising star. Let's... Like, it's Andrew easy Davis, to, sorry, it's, Andrew Davis.
1: It's easy to look back in 2023 and take the piss out of this man. But, you know, in the early 90s, they were looking for action stars. Genuinely, people thought, and this is crazy, Stallone and fucking Schwarzenegger were getting past it. They wanted the next
0: generation.
1: Seamus Seagal was one of them. their
0: price tags were past it. And then and you've was got it, to think, yeah. at this point in the early 90s, you know, their price tags were pushing the 20 million mark. Oh, yeah, that's a good certainly point. Certainly by the mid-90s. So, of course, someone coming up the ranks like Segal and Van Damme and the others, you know, there they were gateways for these. Uh, but yeah, I, I also love that out of the 59 acting credits that's to cigar's name, the amount of three-word titles of Half yeah. Past Dead, Fire Down Below, Out of Reach, Today You Die, Mercy for Justice, Flight of Fury, um, Against the Dark, to name a few. Obviously, we're not going to talk about Exit Wounds. I love Exit Wounds. Yeah, you you know
1: what? I changed my list. I don't think it's on there now. I'm sorry. It'd probably be Super Mario's brother movie. <laughs> and no, then, but, not the new one.
0: The thing about Seagal as well is he's laughable is that his movies were straight to video. Now, now obviously, they're straight to DVD, but I suppose, actually, they're probably also straight to video still. <laughs> <laughs> as you said, he's had TV shows where he's a sheriff. He actually drove a tank through a suspect's house and killed a dog. You see, that's the most Seagal thing I've heard. He probably then got out and pissed on his corpse because that's who Stephen Segal is. He was a Putin bodyguard. He's a guitarist. He's released albums that Stevie Wonder's featured on. I nearly went see Segal just it was twenty five quid a ticket, which back in the day was a lot for a ticket. Mate, it's
1: still a lot. I I don't, yeah,
0: I don't really want to see Stephen Segal destroy music as well as film. Um, and he Do is a bit what, of a laughing stock now. He is laughing stock, but there's one thing that you you've got to give him credit for. He doesn't
1: give a shit. Well, <laughs> he does. He's still putting out these films. He's still getting he's still getting paid. He's made he made a regular occurrence out of this. Like his body's given up,
0: but he hasn't. <laughs> I mean, he he's also typecast as. Military, hard man, uh, yeah, but cop that's, hard man. That's, that's, that, mate, there is a film, I swear to God, where he plays an author, a, a Pulitzer-winning author. I'm not having it. Not having it. Who knows Kung Fu? Yes. <laughs> it, or, or, or obviously the drifter, the person that gets entwined in a story, you know, just passing through town, but can't help but do the right thing for the locals. Under Siege. I mean, you look at that movie, you know, it, it is the movie that everyone goes back to and has fond memories of. I did. I, do, I remember liking this. I had a friend, David and he really loved this film because he was into the
1: military from a young, he was a young teenager, he really liked it. And he said, it's more realistic than the other ones. And I was like, okay. And it did get me in it. And it, it was kind of cool because it was weirdly different. It was military men that weren't... I mean, we're going to get into it, but do you know what I really like about the first Under Siege? Is that the villains were competent. That never happened again in a film. You know, they were... Like, they wanted to take over a fucking, you know,
0: warship, and they did. <laughs>
1: They just didn't take into account the cook.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, on the siege. Oscar winner, Tommy Lee Jones. Oscar nominated Gary Busey, the pet judge himself, and 13-time Razzie nominee, Steven Seagal. I'm amazed he hasn't been nominated more. I know, I know. It's <laughs> so when, shocking. When, when in that last sentence, there was Gary Busey's Oscar nominated, yeah. and, but the unbelievable <laughs> thing is Seagal's only been nominated <laughs> for 13 Razzie's. Have you ever seen Gary Busey's pet judge? No. It's fucking brilliant. Yes, you've shown
1: me a clip of it. Yes, I've seen it. It was on
0: Amazon. I don't know if it still is. It was on Prime. But um, yeah, if you've got a naughty dog or a a mischievous cat or a feuding couple fighting over an animal, Gary (laughs) Busey with no legitimate qualifications to do the job. It's basically like Judge Judy, but with mm. Gary Busey.
1: I mean, it sounds more interesting. Oh, it's, I don't.
0: I don't want it to stop there, though. I want him to do
1: complex, like corporate mergers. <laughs> like the more complex the case, that's where I want him. I don't want him who gets the ownership of the dog. I went right, divvied up this sixteen point seven merger between fucking Disney and Marvel. Divvy it up,
0: <laughs> Gary Busey. He's on it. I and mean, we go with Reese as well. Like, if you look at his Oscar nom for the movie where he played Buddy Holly, where he also won Best new he was nominated for like a lot of Best Newcomers. Mm. I just like, he just probably just went home and was like, Well, I've done it then, Anna I? <laughs> That's it. You know, it's like somebody, 70, seven or whenever that movie came out. Yeah, fuck it, I've done it. I've, I've just, done it. I'm just gonna now go slowly deteriorating <laughs> off the rails. Oh,
1: you've got you've got two scripts here. You've got one for Leaving Las Vegas where you play like uh, an alcoholic, you know, dealing with alcoholism and you know, trying to survive or trying to kill yourself. Well, we've got this one where you play uh, Gingerbread Serial Killer. Oh, I'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my brush with fucking Oscars, mate. I'm not saying he was actually up for those parts on <laughs> record because I would have fucking loved to see that film.
0: Is it, is it a stratosphere with Nick Naughty isn't he yes, just like, I, don't know crazy. What, <laughs> I don't know what they've done or what they've sniffed but I kind of want a bit not now like <laughs> at the end of my life
1: it's, can you ever imagine a film with those two you, you're like it's like you're How are you, you going to get f- documentary <laughs> just put them, put them together in a booth and just let them talk um, yeah he is up there we always Nick Naughty is the crazy man but something to remember as well with Gary Busey he was the 80s villain yeah he I mean is, leap weapon yeah I mean he Mr. Joshua is Mr. Joshua terrifying he's up
0: there yeah, yeah. henchman I like Gary I'd like Gary Busey. and Silver Bullet, mate. There's the um, the Stephen King novel, you know, the Will one. He's a good movie. I I like I like
1: him. And mm. I think Tommy Lee Jones is the name that definitely sticks out his fucking face. It's weird, <laughs>
0: isn't it? Tommy Jones, four times collaborator as well with um <laughs> he, he did, <laughs> his name again. <laughs> he famously <laughs> Davis. he didn't, didn't Andrew Davis go on to do the future because of this film. Which apparently Harrison Ford watched I as well. I was literally
1: gonna say Harrison Ford watched this film and went, Do you know what? Yes.
0: Things have changed, haven't they?
1: He got, a, he got a fucking standing ovation and he broke down at Cannes he, when he gave him a f- festival yeah and, uh, and then
0: didn't someone say you're still hot and he said I know yeah which is the best Harrison I, I
1: I love Harrison do you know what Harrison Ford comes and goes and waves for me and at the minute we're on a fucking wave yeah
0: yeah cannot wait cannot wait to see uh, that Indiana Jones movie um, the original title for Under Siege was Dreadnought. Dreadnought. But, but no, they were like, <laughs> yeah. get two more words in there. <laughs> then it Well, then it changed to Last One Standing. No. Nope. And they were like, well, you know, we don't want three-word titles for all of Seagal's movies. So Under Siege, which is the better-fitting title. When in the middle. And also Under Siege, you're constantly under pressure. It fits the film. Yeah. Uh, screenwriter J.F. L- uh, Lawton, who wrote the script, wrote a similar film in 95 called High Roller. This is brilliant. It was described as diehard in a casino, where a mob boss takes over a casino and takes everyone hostage, including the manager. And the manager's daughter teams up with an ex-mobster. So it is basically under siege, but in a casino slash diehard. I don't mind this. And Stallone signed up to it and was going to do it until it came to the 20 million million price tag. And not only did that then killed the film it killed the studio that bought the rights to it <gasps> as well that's how much of a heavyweight Stallone was back in the in the 90s it wasn't
1: canon films was it
0: no <laughs> so i finally killed it the um it did also delay die hard free so die hard free which was pitched for the early 90s after the success of die hard one and two die free um was going to be on a cruise ship it was the original idea was holly and john rekindling their relationship on a cruise ship, when terrorists take over, does that guy ever get a break?
1: So, under siege, which is called Die Hard on a crew on a ship, is essentially stopped Die Hard Three, which was Die Hard on a
0: cruise ship. Yeah, which kind of weirdly they move to Speed Two. I was literally, why <laughs> did none of them stop Speed
1: Two cruise control? Just never forget that the guy Patrick, uh, Patrick uh,
0: just just there, just Patrick. Patrick.
1: He he realized he realizes William William Defoe is the bad guy because he's not watching golf. Yeah, and, Jason and Patrick, he's, and he's got leeches in his. Bath. And he's like, it's the villain. Kill him.
0: That's the we- Speed Two's the weirdest movie. Yeah, he's um, anything, only- anything to not talk about on the scene. Well, fifty nine acting credits, and so this is the only cigar movie that has a positive rotten tomato score. <laughs> the only other one is Machete, but he doesn't lead in it, and it's very much a cameo in that film. um yeah, reviews were basically this is Diehard on a battleship. So I mean, if that comes out in the early night, of course people are going to go watch it. Also,
1: I don't think that's fair because Diehard wasn't the first wrong person at the wrong time. It's probably the one that just kind of like galvanized that genre. So is it, you shouldn't use that as a negative when someone tells when someone asks about Underscience. You should never go oh, it's just Hard on the ship. That could fit so, fucking Speed Two. Diehard on a ship.
0: But but Hard is way more layered than that. Like it's not. It's not a case of wrong person, wrong time, because he is the right person, evidently.
1: Yeah,
0: I think it's more the reluctance yeah. of Die Hard. It's bad scenario, bad timing, ruining the Christmas party with terrorists, and it's you know the internal battle of John McClane is like, I don't want to do this. I'm, yeah. you know, but like it's not obstruction. You know, yeah. yeah, but I have to do it because I'm the only one who can do it, and that kind of carries with John McClane in the first three movies. It kind of goes fucking well out the window by the last two. So
1: this was ninety two.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's
1: an action film, so... John McClain was able, we were able to get tits and died because he looked across. Mm. I imagine how we see boobies in this film is a lot more, you know, less convoluted. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. It, well, it doesn't, does it? it, do,
0: it uh, not not in, in anyone's book, does, uh, does We're going to get to that scene, actually, where we do it, not not a play by play, but when we kind of talk about it. Mate, I've some got about three
1: words for the second one. Um, <laughs>
0: Just, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, Andrew Davis, as we said, went on to make The Fugitive. He also made uh, Chain Reaction Collateral Damage, the Source Singer movie. I like Collateral Damage it's one of it's one of Schwarzenegger's passable it is, movies yeah. that during that was, time period as yeah. well
1: when he just he was no longer in office or he was just before he was in office it was yeah. one of the ones
0: and he just has that it's like all of a minute. it it's like just has to get the title in there so it's like you're clad all damage. um it was a successful uh, commercial hit. It made over 80 million in the US alone. It was already fast-tracked to video release before it had its international and European releases in the cinema because they just wanted to get it out, mm. really ride that, um, that, that right. money train. Read that wave, mate. And it catapulted, as I say... uh Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he yeah, catapulted Seagal very momentarily into the A-listic category. Stallone... Uh, sorry, Seagal doesn't have his signature ponytail in the movie. I know. Because the Navy would not allow hair to be longer than four inches. Yeah, and also the one thing we know about Casey Robert is he follows orders.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and also, can we just talk about that stupid fucking name? Casey Ryback. Casey Ryback.
0: Casey Ryback. It's what? just the second one when when like they... they go to the war room if you like. And it's like Casey Ryback, Casey Ryback's on that train. As if yeah. it's like yeah, it's funny, yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, yeah. The cook. <laughs> <back."> <laughs> Synopsis. The film takes place on the USS Missouri battleship on its last voyage before the ship is to be decommissioned. Can I just say, opening up, they have
1: <clears throat> President Bush, the the first one, in it, who's obviously not there in the film. So they've used some These really archive good, footage, yeah. They, yeah, I think they some really well. It genuinely looks like he appeared in this film by choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, get <an> acting credit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, George Bush Senior is in it, yeah. Um, While celebrating the captain's birthday, terrorists apprehend the ship, taking everyone hostage except the cook, Casey Ryback. One man against an army. It's because they they needed someone to cook the meal for the terrorists. (laughs) Just leave him. It's uh, an army who want to steal and sell the warheads that are on board. Now, of course, Ryback isn't just a cook. He's a former, what? possibly disgraced, highly decorated Navy SEAL turned cook that they don't really explore. Uh, they, backstory- they sum up that that he had bad
1: intel on his last mission. He punched out his commanding officer, which meant he got demoted, which means he could only be a yeoman or a cook. And the captain of the ship liked Ryback, so he said, "You can be a cook on my ship." And that's why at the beginning
0: of the film, he's like, "I'll get you to see the president." And it was like, and, and no one went, "Why? Why would?" Why the prison want to make a cook? <laughs> <You> well, fucking... <laughs> to go one further, actually in the original script and a scene that they didn't film oh. was actually going to be the airport scene that they talk about where uh, Casey Ryback, as a Navy SEAL, his team is slaughtered based on bad intelligence. Mm. And the bad intelligence, you wouldn't believe it, Tommy came from CI operative Tommy Lee Jones himself. Now, it is they, hinted at, isn't it, in the film when they have spoilers when they have a fight at the end scene. They
1: recognise each other exactly, from I was previous say, scenes. Yeah,
0: so there is a scene where they say, "I know you." Of course, the audience doesn't know that they know each other. Yeah. So I suppose continuity. But do you know what I think? Otherwise, perfect film. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, I've interrupted your no, synopsis. No. I'll, I'll hold my poison
1: tongue for this near brilliant film. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Ryback has acquired <laughs> Stop even though he's a cook,
0: Casey, he's So Steven Seagal without a ponytail. <laughs> yeah. It's the only he's thing you'll remember. <laughs> he's acquired a certain set of skills that he's accumulated over the years. These include knives, guns, martial arts, bombs and pie making. He's a hit in the kitchen but alone loner everywhere else. His character really doesn't make sense. The, what I
1: love about it is you, he, he, he's a man of the people and he's a man of the people and they show this because because people come into his mess and he goes, do the dance, cue ball, jiggles. <laughs> and he Fucking Ryback's loving it, mate, and everyone wants to know how he is. There's a there's a, a, a Hispanic actor in this who's obviously he played Tito in the first series of Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad, and in it he just has puppy eyes, and every time he sees Casey's like, "You're right, Casey," and then he's like,
0: "Yeah, I'm all right." <laughs>
1: he's like, "I think they might be gay lovers."
0: So, because this is the thing that doesn't really make sense in terms of, and and i and I'm not for one trying to suggest that this movie needs. You to know, make death sense or yeah. anything. But so Erica Elenka plays Jordan Tate, who's the stripper on board, who's the entertainment did as you, well as the BAM. Did, did you hear about what Steve was a girl said when he, when he didn't sign on for this film to begin with?
1: It was like, so I just hang around with her and she doesn't grow as a character. I'm not signing this. And they were like, no, well, you dress her up at one point so she's not gonna boobs out for the rest of the film. He's like, okay. And he's <laughs> like, Gentleman.
0: <for> <laughs> Gentlemen. I mean, he has since been um he you know, obviously a lot of women have come out to say about the way that he conducts himself on a film set. Um so I don't think again, looking at the um career of Steven Segal, it's anything to you know to to shine a light he's on a cock. the way that he has been with his co stars and people that make these films. Oh, in fact, I Troy Evans, who plays Granger in this movie, they fell out royally. If you don't know who Troy Evans is, Maybe my favorite role is he's in uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective as mm. well. He plays the marine, uh, sorry, the Miami Dolphins kind of head coach, yeah, who kind of sets the whole thing on motion. He has the lucky rabbit's tail uh, keyring. Um, he actually wore a vet served in Vietnam and had altercations with Steven Seagal in this movie where Seagal would change lines and basically dress him down and be like, "You, you, you know, like you're an idiot, you're a pussy, you're you're all this kind of stuff." And Troy Evans was like, "Cut." You're fucking not saying that to, that, that to me on screen or off screen. I'm a fucking war vet. Mm. So, it, it, I mean, even if in it his it, early career, I think Sig S- S- was rubbing people up the wrong way. If it
1: helps, there's loads of stories about him taking liberties with Stuntman. Apparently he beats the piss out of Stuntman. Uh, and then for the film Exit, where is it J. Michael White? Another martial artist. Uh, Blackhead played uh, uh Not Venom. Spawn. The first Spawn. That yeah. apparently beat the piss out of him on the next Because he took liberties He was like right I'll fucking show you And he beat the piss out of him So there you go Full circle of getting <laughs> yeah, your own back
0: But Erica Elenka in this Who plays the the uh, Jordan okay. Tate character Who's uh, on board entertainment In the form of a stripper Bursar cake But um, everyone's dead and she didn't notice
1: yeah, <laughs> But still still, goes like
0: <laughs> their, se- their scenes with her and Seagal Is the You know like it, It's supposed to give Seagal This silent warrior depth to him Where he's like you know he's a loner. He doesn't. He doesn't need friends. He doesn't need help. He doesn't need anything like that. Apart from the kitchen scene, where it very much gives the impression he is a member he's of a, he's the a pack. People. Yeah, you know, and he's a people person. So he's not an officer.
1: Mate, it's because the officers don't like him because he's got the hearts of the enlisted men. Because later, when he saves them and he meets that Hispanic actor Tito again, he goes, "You're right, okay." he goes, "Yeah, we're bonding, mate." <laughs> Bonding.
0: Uh, Raymond Cruz uh, plays Raymond Ramirez. Cruz. Thank you. Is the, is the, the, the only other we will mentioned, Patrick O'Neill who plays Captain Adams. This was his last movie after 40 years in film. Oh, I'm and sorry, mate. Everyone's favourite <laughs> <laughs> end on a high. <laughs> no, to be fair, yeah. he, he does yeah. die early. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> cash your check. See cash you. like yeah,
1: And he got to see Guy Pusey dressed as a woman. So. Exactly,
0: yeah. Um, Glen Moreshower as well. Uh, everyone favourite. Aaron, yeah, Aaron twenty four. It's heartbreaker in it. Yeah, it's,
1: it's only as bad as when you see Mike breaking bad in the second one,
0: <laughs> and you got oh, not another one. <laughs> um, so under siege follows uh, exactly that storyline: terrorists uh, apprehending, seizing, taking over a battleship. It was a massive. 90s action movie. Seagal's biggest hit, most popular with fans, maybe next to Executive Decision. Executive Decision, where again, he's not in it. He dies
1: in the first act because yeah. they they build him up. He's up there with Kurt Russell and the beginning. He's the first to fucking die. And you imagine it's because Kurt Russell met him and went, get to Out. fuck.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, I, do you know what? I'm going to say this now. I still like Under I know we're ripping it. I think it's a very, it's an alright film. It's serviceable. There are elements that are actually very good. However, it's because Steven Scott's barely in this film. <laughs> and it's held up by two... Right, the, they knew what film they signed on for. Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones make this film. They're so good. As in, th- you spend the majority of the time with the villains, and that works in its favour because you care more about them. Tommy Lee Jones, as the film goes on, gets more unhinged. And I like that as a character development, like, he's smart enough to take over the ship, <clears throat> but it's the one variable that he couldn't control. And Gary Busey's... So the reason Ryback isn't in, in like the hostage situation is because he hates Commander Krill, played by... Gary Busey. Gary Busey. So Gary Busey locks him in the fridge and has a Marine guard him who's recently new to the crew. And then when they take over, there's gunshots. Uh, Casey is trying to explain to this new recruit, oh, that's gunfire, that's not fireworks. And they go down to kill him. But Gary is more concerned by the fact that there's a Marine guarding him, the Marine that could screw everything up, not the cook. And basically... <laughs> KJ Ryback escapes somehow. <laughs> don't question it. But that's not the best bit. The best bit is then makes a bomb, puts it in a microwave, but knows exactly when the villains okay. will be there later. <laughs> and the bomb don't go
0: off <laughs> for about 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> so that's mate, great foreshadowing there by KJ Ryback But I like the fact it's Tommy Lee Jones's plan, it, it keeps going and he he basically goes down, he spirals a bit into madness, which is Something that you really wouldn't, res- wouldn't really expect in this film. He's got layers.
0: I don't know. I, don't, I couldn't work it out re-watching it this week whether I liked Tommy Lee Jones' performance because he walks a very fine line of, like, Two-Face. Yep. And I'm like, oh, he's doing his Harvey Dent thing where he's, like, oh, he's a bit mad and mechanical. And he's mm. like, you know. And, but then there are certain scenes where, you know, so he's an ex-CIA operative who the, the, they, they, try they try to, to silence and yeah. kill off. It failed, so he's now going back at the system, going back at the government, going back at America. So like, they,
1: they all think he's like on a suicide mission because he says, the revolution, and they oh my God, he's going to launch missiles. But he's not. He's actually selling them. That's what he doesn't want them to yeah. know. He's selling them to base. Pay... <laughs> His last mission was to blow up a North Korean sub, which, which, is... somehow, which somehow the Russians now have.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this film's got layers, mate. So he's, he's actually going to, they they're actually stolen the ship. They're going to move the warheads off to a submarine that he supposedly blew up. And all the while, he's given this idea that he's unhinged and he's gone crazy. And when he stops talking to the war room, you know, with the admirals and the and the CIA and all the kind of off, you know, uh, inland kind of people that are scratching mm. their heads thinking, how do we solve this problem? Um, every time he hangs up the microphone, he kind of does this thing where he like rubs his ass as if he's tired of playing that character. Yeah. And do you think I, that's realistic? I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> just like, I just, just couldn't really get round Tommy Lee character's character. in, you know, because even when, like, Again, I know it's the easy comparison, but when you look at what Hans Gruber did, when you yeah. look at how um, Alan Rickman portrayed Gruber throughout that whole film, he kept the poise, he kept the shoulders back, he kept the the style. He carried that character from every scene that made sense. Whereas Tommy Jones is so erratic in this from the at the beginning. You've not seen this film, and it's the first time you are sitting down. You think he's a rock star, he's an entertainer, he's a musician, he's a harmonica player, front man of a band that's been brought on the ship to to. Um, entertaining actually that's the ruse to get them in it's the Trojan horse kind of thing where then they take over and commandeer the ship when everyone's got the guards down so he's always balancing between is he a is he a a psychopathic uh, card? is he a joker Mm. or is he actually super well calculated Hans Gruber kind of character who's got this all well thought out and I never really landed on which one I'm supposed to think Tommy Lee Jones is. Oh. Gary Busey, I fucking know who he is. Yeah, mate,
1: he's up in there spitting out madness, mate. Right? No, I, I generally go with the... Maybe it's because you're desperate. <clears throat> what you've actually got here is, and maybe I should talk about Seagal now for a bit, is Casey Ry- Ryback. Events happen to him. He's actually not... The pie test, if you replace his character with a pie, what would happen? He doesn't really do anything till the end. <laughs> he... As a character, Casey Ryback is, I, I agree with you, he's supposed to be like a man of the people, unless those people are officers and he fucking hates them. He like, punches an officer for no reason in like, the first three minutes of this film. And you're like, well, you probably should go to jail. You've know, you, you you've done something wrong. But he doesn't do anything for the rest of the film. He's not charismatic. <clears throat> but he is what an action hero should be. So when he first gets the Playboy model, he locks her up. It's like, stay here, you'll be safer. But she's pounding. So like, on the metal, he's like, right, I'll have to take you with me. And it's not so much his character, but the polar opposite to him is the guy that's unhinged, who, who's smart and trying to do everything. And I liked the, just the position of them. One of them's cold, calculating, army man. You know, I mean, I'm really giving Seagal some respect here, which I'm not trying to. He's not that good in it. But And this is going to sound really weird. The fact that he's not a good actor works in this scenario because he's, a, he's an army man. He's not supposed to be acting. Helps with the, helps with
0: the stoicness.
1: It does help. with And like, a lot of the point, like when he says... I don't care. I believe him. <laughs> I believe that he's playing a man who doesn't care. <laughs> Whereas I liked Tommy Lee Jones' Off the Hinge. I like the rubbing of the eyes. The, he's tired. Like When he first takes over, he does that. He rubs his eyes. He's like, get me some food. He's like, because he's exhausted. I, I quite like Tommy. Tommy Lee Jones isn't in this film. Man. I don't want to watch this film. It'd be terrible. I think Tommy Lee Jones, whilst... Over hams, mate. He's he's saltier and hammier than the salted ham they have in this film. <laughs> Which I'm going to ask, mate, looks awesome when they just start ripping it apart. That black uh, when the um, massive guys just like eating it raw. Right. Like, yeah, that was nice. Um, I like the villains, and I like that we spend more time with the villains. I even like the little bits, like where he caused like everyone's got a code name, but they're all based on Looney Tunes characters. I do like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's when we move from the villains. We go to Casey Ryback, who at one point gets his own band of, let's be honest, shit people. <laughs> and I love this, and I'm going to say something. Like the casting is brilliant because none of these people look like action stars. They're all fat Middle East men, and they all come across as fat men. It's quite good. It's quite good casting. The only thing I don't understand is he finds a group of his friends locked away in a separate part. How? Where? Were they? When you saw them, they're at the
0: party with everyone else. How are they here? Don't want to talk about it. Mate. <laughs> Again, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying it's perfect. It's got, it's got issues. It's got, it's got a few issues. I mean, the film felt big budget. It was made for 30 million and like I said, clearly wiped its face just on opening uh, and box office before it even went to video. It does look good. It's shot on a real ship, which yeah. really goes in its favor. It's not on a studio. You know, I think filming in what I imagine is quite close quarters, um, long corridors, kind of dangerous hazardous conditions. There are scenes where Seagal goes on up a deck, you know, and has to do certain things, very, again, kind of John McClane going around the building on his own kind of scenes, um, that work because of where it is. And, and I'm I, I re- reading about, about it this week. I, I, apparently one of the biggest issues was that obviously shit was docked. It, it You know, so they had to yeah. get in the idea that it was actually out miles away at sea and that kind of thing. But it, I think, I think it's, a, I think it's a pretty well-made movie. I think it looks good. I think the, you know, um, the, Stylistic look of it as well Really works in its favour of The Battleship 90s action movie With Seagal
1: I liked The Battleship Because it's different as well It wasn't a building It was How many times have we been around The USS Missouri Never It was actually It was a fun playground And I've got to admit As the finale got more and more I I was really enjoying it The bits that I really hate That really take me out a bit So when this happens There's a, a secret room The war room You've got an Admiral, a Captain, and a CIA operative. Now, remember these three people, because the the Admiral doesn't have a clue what's going on, might be the worst Admiral in the world. The Captain knows everything that you need to know, because he's the Admiral goes, who's this Casey Ryback? He goes, I'll vouch for him. And the CIA agent's job is to basically question everything, and somehow be the secondary villain, who's like who wants (laughs) the ship and everyone to die, because it will cover up his involvement, despite the fact that the Admiral knows, who's in the room with you, that you're to blame. (laughs) Because the greatest villain in the film is always man in suit. Yeah, exactly. So... But I, I, I like, I liked it, and I like at the end when they start. I think it actually helps that they don't have a scene where it's his bad intelligence that killed. The, I like the idea that because one of them's a CIA operative and one of them's the Ultimate Army guy, is that they don't know each other, but they know each other. It's like, oh, I've worked with you before. I knew it was you. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. I thought it builds up quite well. And Gary Busey does a great job of basically being an asshole. I, I like the villains. And I like the storyline. It's everything else that takes me away. When we go see Casey Ryback, I hate it. Uh, mm. When we see his friends, I hate it. I love, I love the casting in this film because because
0: they they look like they're no threat. <laughs> they do such a good job of casting. The, the I mean, it has some fun dialogue as well. There are there are scenes in it where particularly the guy Busey and Seagal opening scenes in the kitchen. You know, Busey spits in the bully base. And that causes an altercation. He gets thrown up in the meat locker. Oh, yeah, some language that you can't use nowadays. Yeah, you've got the, <laughs> the relationship that Segal has with the captain, where, you know, he's kind of cheeky and how he talks. And he's got this, like, well, you know, only I cook for the captain, you know, this kind of it's like. It's weird, isn't it? He's obviously, there's obviously a fatherly figure there, you know. And you've got the bit where he's locked in the meat locker and he's like, you Chicken know. Chicken my like, pies. Yeah, get my pies out the <laughs> other man. You know, he got, so he's, he's, he's trying to be playful. Tommy Lee Jones boarding the ship, you know. He, he he enters by eating his way through the scenery <laughs> until he makes his way in, and so funny he's asleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, he somehow
0: overacts in his sleep as well, which is actually impressive. But then on the other side of that, it gets violent. There's knife play, bullets, hostages get shot. There's a, there's a scene early on with a marine unarmed on his knees gets shot dead. Mm. Which again, you got to think maybe we We're get immune to that, that. now. Yeah. But you know, you got to think that's an so normally in a movie they would handcuff him or you know knock him out you know that kind of thing knock him out and put him in the meat locker himself, but they go through the, uh, the you know the the challenge of oh, not the challenge so they they go through the extra mile of like he gets shot up really bad. Almost just for, so that when Seagal comes out the locker, he kind of goes, should have listened to me. You will not be dead. You know, but it gets brutal. You know, obviously Tommy Lee Jones in the knife fight towards the end is is pretty brutal. It's the there only was- time as well like,
1: that someone looks like they might have the upper hand on him for a tiny bit. Yeah. Because that don't come for the fucking second one where he fucking
0: oh the second one wait mate, Hulk
1: he, Hogan's everyone yeah, he just, the,
0: no one gets near him second one I mean considering half that train is blown up and uh, and he spends a good portion of the film outside or on top of it he looks unscathed at the end of that film
1: <laughs> even, when he, even when it crashes and he the
0: yeah I know <laughs> they, they they went for the second one didn't they yeah. but it, this one is, is violent you know and there was definitely a restricted version on TV I remember the first version I saw of this
1: have it, yeah. down,
0: You know, particularly with the knife fight towards the end of the film um, as we've already said, it, 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 it's not it's not perfect, James. I'm sorry. There are <laughs> scenes that weren't filmed, which would have made much more sense if they were. Um, this backstory between Ryback and Stranix's character, Stranix would being the uh, think Tommy it Jones one, think it works without. That's just me. Yeah.
1: I think it's better if they if he's not responsible because I hate that circular motion. It's like it's just better if because that's what would have happened. They would have known each other but know nothing about each other.
0: It's yeah. just it
1: does work for me. That Bo- relationship does work.
0: Body hide high. Hundred deaths in this movie. That's crazy, isn't it? I know. Um, but the film, uh, maybe, yeah, I maybe mean, maybe uh, we are desensitized because because you just said that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 um, you know, I'm making jokes of it. I, I rewatched it this week in preparation. It isn't a bad film. It is Under not. Siege isn't a bad film. It is. It's, it's it is not Cigal's great. Best. We're not um, talking like
1: Terminator Two. We're not talking Terminator One.
0: No, it's harmless. It's better than Terminator not, Three. <laughs> yeah, it's not a contender for you know even the top fifty action movies of all time, but. It it has some elements to it that are quite playful, quite cheeky. Sigal, you know, I mean, you, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying Van Damme couldn't have done that role or anyone else really. Um, but,
1: you know, I, I think it's fine. And the bit of cheekiness is a good cook as well. I still think it'd be funny if he was a shit cook because then it would explain more. Like it, he's like, why is he the head? It, yeah. Why is he the head cook if he's so bad? And no one questions. Go, God, your food tastes like shit. It's just that he happens to be. You know, he's being punished, but he's also a great cook. That's amazing. What I like about it as well is we learn nothing about him. And I really like that. Like genuinely strong silent type. Yeah, if we don't want to hear nothing.
0: We don't know much about him. Yeah, you don't need to break away to a scene, do you, where him and um, Tate are in a room and he's like, so tell me about yourself. Well, it all started when I joined. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need it, does it? doesn't need it. Doesn't does it? Need it. And it,
1: they, they treat him as his own afterthought. There is, there is one bit I will give it, and I, it was as funny as when I first saw it, the admiral does that thing that the guy in charge always does. In Dard, it's the uh, the cop negotiating. And he's like, just stay there. Don't, I just want you to feed me intel. Don't do anything else. And in this one, he rings up and she picks up the phone. And is like, hello. It's like, who's this? Oh, it's Jill or whatever her name is. And she's like, oh, he can't come to the phone right now. He's in a gunfight. And the admiral just gives up and goes, do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't give a shit. It's just like, have, do it. <laughs> just do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. And I lied to that it is good. I mean, there are, there are also scenes in it where like, you know, very early on when they've just commandeered the ship, they scramble a jet to kind of take it, you know, to come see what's happening and they shoot it out of the sky and they're on the deck kind of drinking champagne and stuff. And then of course that's just a throwaway for one of them to go, Oh, but these two guys haven't checked in, you know, and it's the flying the ointment scene, isn't Mm. it? It's the person who, you know, could foil all their plan and their plot and their scheming. And, there are a few times where I was like, oh, I could do without that scene or without that particular set piece. But on the whole, yes, it, was. It, it was all right. It, it's definitely worth a rewatch for Gary Busey's performance. Because I do think this is Gary Busey on the trajectory to be Gary Busey that we know now. That shit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And he is a good villain. He's a good villain. I want to see a movie with Gary Busey's Santa Claus. in yeah, yeah. a kid's movie. Okay. (laughs)
1: That's the scariest thing I think you've ever
0: said. Maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah, I rewatched it this week. I thought it was okay. I think it's Cigar's best movie. Oh, maybe not though, mate,
1: because it was a successful at the box office and critics didn't shit on it as much as they should have done. So maybe when they greenlit it for a sequel, maybe this is Cigar's best film. Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. I mean, even the name is shit. I'm just saying, Dark Territory is where, when you're on a train, no signal gets through. So it's almost as if like a metaphor for the film, like it went into Dark Territory and no one told the cast what a shit film this was going to be. Directed by Geoff Murphy, who's only a second unit director, but he's a second, second unit director, I'd like to find out, on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about chalk and cheese. Starring Stephen Sagal, Catherine Heigl, Morris Chestnut and Everett McGill. Computer genius Travis Dain has create a satellite that is capable of creating earthquakes for the U.S. military. <laughs> but he is fired. <laughs> <laughs> mate, hold on, mate, because there's some bullshit. He drive he drives into a lake, killing himself, but no body is found. Question: <laughs> Lakes aren't open there; they're closed bodies of water. So how have you not found his fucking body? You even <laughs> said it's in a lake. Look in the lake, <laughs> and no one thinks. Well, but he's dead. He's definitely dead. Not his yeah meanwhile Casey Ryback is fresh from a mission but has no time to settle down because now it's time for backstory <laughs> have you seen this so there's a there's a chef waiting outside a restaurant going where is he where is he and Casey shows up and he gets out of the kind of says thanks lieutenant salutes which means he's just come from a black Black Ops mission mm. because he even asked him he's like were you on a mission he goes no let's like point out Casey Robert's supposed to be retired <laughs> <laughs> so unless he's retired that instant he goes in and because you need to know that he's a nice guy everyone talks to him say oh, hello Casey you right Casey or two questions how big is this kitchen because <laughs> it's fucking huge <laughs> and the second thing mate is is it even like the owner, the top chef's going? Oh, they just cook better when you're here. How much do you need to blow smoke up this guy's fucking ass? Now I know you're thinking right now. I'm going to a lot of detail, but don't worry because nothing happens.
0: Would it be more badass if if the whole if both movies Seagal did everything he does with a hairnet? Yes. You know yes. I mean, then I'd believe he's a chef. Yeah,
1: then I'd believe. It? Yeah, that's the problem in or this film. White. We don't believe he's a
0: chef. When <laughs> <laughs> he does it in his like in his chef white, uh, an apron. Yeah, and
1: and it, like you know, kind of like the. I, there is one thing I love about these films. Can I just say the, the ending of these films? When they get to the end, they do not give a shit. When this film ends, they're at the grave and it's over. In that film, he's like he blows up the weapons. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's no this hanging on. What did you learn? It's like no. The film's over. Get out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Evacuate the cinema. The film is over. I do like as well in this. So you got Everett McGill as uh, Mark Penn, the new henchman, and, and it's kind of like, oh, we'll no, go no, to one, it, mate. no one should ever get cast based on looks, but he does look as crazy as Gary <laughs> He does.
1: He does. Unfortunately, he's not. He's supposed to be more menacing, and there's scenes like where he gets a nerve pinch and he goes the greatest thing that ever happened to me we thought he had an erection <laughs> and then the second one is and I love this is the idea that he's been pepper sprayed so much he's built an immunity he goes now it just clears the sinuses but the boat behind him quite clearly has been pepper sprayed <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I he's love- quite unhinged to be fair um, babe, time for backstory his brother and sister-in-law died in a plane crash and now he is the legal guardian for his niece they travel to the funeral by train. And I like to point out, this is a very good line, and good character development, because the other chef goes, why are you taking the train? And cigar looks to the camera and goes, well, if your parents had died in a plane crash, would you get on a plane? That's all you need. <laughs> Thus explaining this. Uh, I'm sure nothing happens. It's, it's now fine. They travel to the funeral by train. And boy, did they not get along. Or oh, they don't at all, mate. She's challenging him. You know, why didn't you get along with my father, your brother, or you're not a good egg? During the journey, they'd befriend a porter called Bobby and generally just don't get on that well. Ryback isn't trained for this. Bobby as well, one of the most annoying secondary characters you'll ever have. You need a, you need a, you you need, you know the lady from the first one who had her tits out? You need a young black man (laughs) to follow that role now, to follow Casey around and tell him how great he is. Uh, And also, you always need that character to balls up because you can't have Casey balls up. It needs to be the other person who drops it. So you also need a second one. However, did you know that Travis is back? And this time he brought some friends as they hijacked the train, tortured two Department of Defense colleagues on board who have codes for the satellite called Grazer 1, and destroyed part of China. Up next, the Pentagon, and only one chef can stop him this is what Ryback is trained for he actually says that have you seen that yeah, Oh yeah, yeah. he goes i are no, not trained for this five minutes later I am trained for this So like, oh, thank you for being so glib. there's a point here I'd like to point out when the terrorists are taking over he gets his gun and he shoots he shoots some of the terrorists back from the kitchen where he was baking a cake because he's a chef did you not know he's baking a cake because of cakes mate so he shoots the terrorists then the terrorists retaliate but he only saved himself <laughs> and all the fucking chefs die in that kitchen <laughs> what a cock end <laughs> also I love the fact that the terrorists think a chef did that it was oh, definitely a <laughs> who just happens to have a gun on board.
0: Um, um Eric Bogusane, uh Travis Dane, not a great villain. Not a great villain, but they tried to they said to him,
1: You need to be crazy, you need to be over the top, you need to be Tommy Lee Jones. And I'm sorry, you might have curly hair, but you, you're not Tommy Lee Jones.
0: No, it's not. I mean, it's very much along the lines of like he's the closest to, to me is, is Alan Cummings and Goldfinger <laughs> when he played Boris. Can you remember that, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know
1: exactly what you're talking about. I'm invincible,
0: <laughs> yeah. And that to me is like very much what Eric Bogerson goes for in this. Mm. In that, like, he's not pound for pound anywhere near what Seagal can do, yeah. Exactly. Like, they put him in a room, it's not even a fight, no kind of thing. In
1: fact, they don't, do they? You just yeah, shoot exactly. him, in the, he shoots him in the computer,
0: <laughs> yeah. He's very much a nerd, he's an it guy, he's not a He's not a muscle that also knows it. It's um. It's, it's disappointing. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to go, you've got the intellect terrorist who knows more yeah. than
1: Seagal because Seagal doesn't know about computers. Because it was Analog 97, didn't, you didn't need to know that. Yeah. And then you've got the other henchman who's supposed to be his equal. But boy, is he not his equal. No.
0: And Katherine Hangel, what happened to Katherine Angle?
1: She went on to the Grey's Anatomy and 27 Dresses and now has... and uh, Knocked up. Knocked up. But I, I think... I could be wrong here. I don't think people liked working with her. And I think... Uh, a reputation got around that She wasn't good to work with, I think. Right. And then uh, she's kind of died. I noticed she wanted to leave Grey's Anatomy because she didn't want to be Jennifer Aniston. Because you remember Jennifer Aniston, she was in Friends too long. She missed her shot of becoming an A-lister. She's never coming back for Leprechaun 4 in space. Exactly. So I think she left there, but it kind of had the opposite effect and her career kind of
0: died. And Peter Green in this, you know, went on to do um, The Mask. I want more. <laughs> um, This film,
1: so in the first one, no one knows who Casey Ryback is. No one knows. He was just a chef, and then the idea is they find his uh, they find his papers in the chef's uh, sorry in the captain of course chefs on the train in the captain's lockbox, and they go, "Oh my god, he's actually <clears throat> he's got an actual terrorist here." He does a very good job of evading, like you said earlier. He's either outside the train or on the side of the train or in the luggage compartment where you wouldn't check if you're a terrorist because no one has guns in their luggage. It's only America famous for having very stringent laws on guns. Um, however, he does this. It's the opposite in this world. He's trying to get a message out. And you could tell it was 97, mate, because he got a phone and he needs to connect it to a, a line. Oh, so he, yeah. sends out, he sends out a message, but obviously the terrorists interrupt. He quickly runs out there. But the line was busy, so he said it to auto And now the terrorists are all probably thinking, like, who is this guy? Who is the flying the ointment? But luckily, luckily he's caught on his phone Ryback's recipes. <laughs> and they instantly make the connection that it's Ryback, the guy that taught them at the academy. Now, I, when I heard the line, I was like, right, okay. So why does no one recognise him in the first one? Did he used to teach at the academy or did he leave and then come back from the academy? It doesn't make any sense as the storyline goes. And also, they said, oh, he teaches tactics. When? What were his tactics? From the first film, did he then get a job training him? Because he retired after the first film. Why, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, again, I'm not saying (laughs) it's a perfect movie. All right then, okay, so we'll leave that point. Uh, At one point, Travis Bickle decides to stop the plan and of throwing the Pentagon up and gets paid an extra 100 million pounds to create an earthquake in space, <laughs> in the air. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I apologise. It wasn't in space because that'd be ludicrous. <laughs> in the
0: midair, he destroys a plane. Do you think the film ages well? No. <laughs> no, in the sense that because a lot of it is about a CD, isn't it? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like a CD is like this fucking caught in age technology. Did you, did you
1: hear the speech that gives as it? well? It's like, oh my god, it's it's either for perfect or hardcore pornography. And I was just like, stay away from his computer. Just don't pop P in the search bar. Um
0: yeah, Gary Busey apparently was hired to be in the film. Found. Wow. He, he didn't see a body in the first one. Oh my God. So he, had a, oh he my had a God. He had a pay or play deal, meaning he gets paid anyway. So he was, he's he got 750 thousand dollars so he and he, he wasn't even in it
1: he benefited from this film he wasn't even
0: in the it the real winner is <laughs> of, of <laughs> Gary, Gary
1: Busey the man's a genius Um, and we can't talk about the ending we can't talk about this film without talking about what is the greatest ending ever so the plan is for the train to go head on head with another train yeah and
0: like all train films do
1: exactly exactly you are 100% correct Except for the film, uh, Nuclear Train, where the train where the bomb goes off It's the first time I've ever seen a film where the nuclear war bomb goes off. It's crazy. Anyway, they fly a helicopter above, and they're supposed to be you're supposed to climb up and go over there. One that's a terribly dangerous way to get off a train. It's stupid mm. as action plans go. You should have just done what Casey Ryback did, which was unhinged like the, the back, the, <laughs> the back, which you know then slows down and the hostages go off safely. No, in this one. He has a fight. So, first of all, he shoots Travis Dane in the computer, thus stopping Glazer One from destroying the Pentagon. And uh Travis quite clearly falls out of the train window, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he does. And then, and then he gets his knees to climbs up the ladder, and he tries to climb up the ladder, but he can't. He stopped. <clears throat> so he falls down. Then what happens is the train hits the train. And Steven Seagal outruns. <laughs> the crumblingness. <laughs> jumps on the jumps out of the train and hits the ladder where the guy that he shot and fell off the train is also there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the film's a fucking mess, mate. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a perfect film. I'm not saying it's not without its flaws or its continuity issues. But, but do you know what is really good? Because the next scene, they're at the funeral site. They're the only two fuckers there. Bearing in mind that his
1: brother was a Navy Cross winner. No one else is there at the funeral. Last four seconds, credits, get out. <laughs> and I do love the Under Siege films for knowing how to end the film as
0: quickly as possible.
1: And to be fair, the film's not that long.
0: No, it's two minutes shorter than Under Siege 1. Well, you go, see, that's fine. I did check. When you said which one do you want to do, <laughs> the first thing I did was look at the time.
1: I'm going to say this about the second one. It's not a good film. However, it is actually a bit of fun to be had in it. My favourite thing is, you know, what I didn't like about the first one is when they cut away and they go to like the war room. Mm. What I love about this one is the same war room, it's <laughs> the, the same act, it's the same dodgy CIA agent, the same dodgy admiral, and the same dodgy captain. And you're right. When the ad was like, "Casey Ryback, Casey Ryback's on this plane, on this mm. train," and he goes, "Why is he? Why is he here?" Even the captain goes, "His brother died. He's taking it." Oh no, it's the chef because chefs can get in touch with six star <laughs> raffles. He's
0: um, back. the the war room in the first film was uh, designed after *Strangelove*.
1: Oh, that's cool! I
0: yeah. like that. So we, again, it was the, the idea was, it, was to look as close and reference that. The
1: second one, Kurt, Kurt um, from Robot Kurt Woodsmith, oh, I can't remember his name. It's in that seventy show as well. Yeah, yeah. What I love about this as well is that Grazer One has been kept from the Admirals, so the Admiral doesn't know anything about Grazer One which is weird because he'd be the person to know like, who funded and is in control of this fucking thing. And also, I bet you're thinking, well, in the first one, how did you get boobies? How did you get in this one? Well, they used Grace the one to spy on women on the beach and she just happens to roll over exposing her boobs. The 90s.
0: Fucking bollocks, <laughs> film. The 90s tick box. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I, where is the first one? It was a nuts and bolts action movie. This one was a silly. It's, I mean, this first, first nuts one. and bolts, this one's held together by <laughs> stick and Clue. <laughs> it's not very good it's, it's not as exciting as well Is it on a train It's not There's, there's nothing I remember there's a choice. scene in it Where like, the terrorists are being bad and, and they open the side door And they're like We're going to throw these two people out And it's like Might survive it I don't understand the, a, I
1: don't understand the point Of killing these as well Because they don't kill anyone else mm. the, 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 the bits where the terrorists Find a cookbook mate Is still quite possibly Of all the films My favourite bit Where you go Ryback's right right cookbook <laughs> Oh shit He's got a souffle.
0: <laughs> Shit the man. <laughs> and it's also, it's just not as interesting because whereas on a ship, you, on, on a battleship, you have levels, you have layers, you have, you know, like you don't know your way around it. Or I mean, in case a rabbit does, because he, he knows the ship and everything. But you you're have, trained, I, you've only you, got forwards and backwards. Yeah. And, you, and, and I imagine it's pretty hard to penetrate a ship even from the inside. Like hmm. the doors are metal. It's like, you know, they're, they're, I imagine there are certain ways that they're constructed to make it so that you couldn't just walk into the main room. Mm. Whereas on a plane, uh, on a train, sorry, it's pretty much just keep going to the next carriage, isn't yeah. it? And it, So it's not, it's not midnight meet train. Just saying that you can only go
1: on a train, you can only go forwards and backwards. And if you've got a very skilled person, the roof. There are only three places <laughs> you can go, but I love the fact that they refuse out of, respect, they go, no, she's in a room. No. If someone's on the roof, they deserve they deserve to kill us all. But, mate, nothing will beat Ryback's right souffle recipe, which is how it all comes undone. The fact that she wears a medal, they need to know how she's so easily identif- identifiable. So for some reason, despite the fact that she wasn't where her parents were dead, she was somewhere else. Mm. She's got his medal, <laughs>
0: which doesn't make any sense. I remember, I remember watching this one really young, and there's a scene very early on where the terrorists kind of come out, and they shoot uh, one of the train workers, I think, uh ticket lady or, or Mike. In the, in when they the comes
1: knee. out, they go they go they go, Oh, you gotta stop. He goes, Why? Because there's a body on the there's a body on the tracks. The guy goes, No, there's not. And then Mike shoots him He goes, Yeah, now there is.
0: And that when, when that lady gets shot in the knee, even as like a yes. kid, I remember going, Oh it. That yeah. That's gonna need crutches. That's when
1: she's trying to sign save Catherine Eagle. She's like, no
0: yeah. she gets shot in the knee. She does for her efforts, yeah. Um, the second movie is crap. It is crap.
1: It is crap. it is crap. It, is, it, it, it does border on it so this is an argument, not an argument, I think we're both in agreement. When it comes to a bad film, it, bad film and laughable is better than bad film and boring. And I do think this film is actually laughable. So therefore, there is some quality in it being a bad film, mm. if that makes sense. Whereas the first one's serious and whilst not a great film, it's okay, serviceable. The relevance are pretty good. This one veers off on it is It's a bad film, but it's so bad it might be a little bit laughable. But you did say, mate, <clears throat> that if a film in it says his own it sequel. Says its title we have to And he does say twice. He goes, Where are we? What's this place? He goes, Dark Territory. And then and then it goes to Tibet's goal and goes, Under siege two Dark <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> but he is mentioned twice. Under siege
0: two, still siege.
1: <laughs> you were
0: uh, you, you wanna put it in a v- uh, no, I do not want to put it in the safe haven for the greatest movies of all time. To be honest, I think we had to do it because I think when you're when you close, closing in on 250 episodes of a podcast yeah, you and need. you haven't done Under Siege, you kind of got to flush that <laughs> turn at some point and you get it out of the way and get it done.
1: I feel like there's some films like that we haven't done.
0: That's <laughs> like amazing. I know, we don't to... done God with the Wind. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but we've done Under Siege too. <laughs> we've not done like a Marlon Brando special. No. We've not done like... <laughs> so many films. Like We've like, done He-Man, Master yeah, of the Universe. There you go. So yeah, so We've done Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, <laughs> and now we've done Under Siege One and Two. Um, Don't watch them. <laughs> don't. I mean, unless well, first, you unless you've got a real. The first one's alright. Yeah, unless you've got a real hard on for like action movies from the nineties. You fucking love boats, mate. Or, yeah.
1: or Russian, Russian spies in a North Korean
0: submarine. I do not think I'm ever going to be invested in watching a Steven Seagal movie. Under Siege Three. Again. He's threatened it, hasn't he? <laughs> He's he threatened threatened it, it back in years, 2014. Though. He said he was writing the script or producing it or whatever. But I mean, that's long on the days now. I mean, I, I think we the only will way get it could it. be better is if
1: it was at a chef's convention, but all the chefs mm. were were former military
0: guys. Well, <laughs> I think this is the thing as well. I think I think the one man versus an army, you know, wrong place at the wrong time or right place at the wrong time or whatever storyline for years they were like oh they're going to remake they're going to recast uh, Die Art right they're mm. going to redo yeah. it they, you know it's going to be a, you know but they won't because th- that that storyline doesn't need to get done anymore no. the, you do not need um, you know a Casey Ryback character on a ship being the only person between terrorists and a load of warheads Yep, you can you can do have it. that in a TV show with a lot more weight depth and storyline and character and 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 um, and I suppose consequence to it, played out over a six, eight or 10 run series, then you'd ever need, you know, and I am thinking the Jack Ryan kind of thing, you know. um, Then you ever need to go back to revisit these movies that are 90 minutes to two hours long. I I just don't know when you would do it now. I don't know if you would. No, but then as you get older, you're more
1: selective with films. Let's be honest, we didn't do a podcast or I spent my youth a bit better I wouldn't know under season. I'd be, I'd be fine with it it's not a film it's never going to be a film that you talk about like you know last week we did Guardians of the Galaxy 3 which is genuinely a film that I thought was amazing yeah like this is a film that that's passed. luckily as well we don't buy into it as audiences these films anymore we need one it's good it's time it's time as the 90s we're we talking about 90s films I mean I feel like soon we should do Speed one and two <laughs> I think we've done it haven't we? I don't think we've done Speed I think we've done Speed I don't recall doing Speed I thought we've done speed, James. Wait, I don't think we've done speed. Listen, why the fuck
0: would I have watched <laughs> Speed Two Cruise Control recently? Because you're an idiot. Did we do, did we know? Did we do a Sandra Bullock episode? We did.
1: Maybe we did Speed Two. I, I think don't think we did we, Speed I, Two because I would have got a lot. I would have got a lot harder on Speed Two.
0: I think we did. Yeah, we did. We talked I, about you Speed what, Two. I, I
1: think we did it. I think I think in our earlier years, mate. You
0: know, in our early years, we did modes of transporting film, and I think we did the shit from Speed Two. I think we did. <laughs> It's either that or we did it in the Sandra Bullock episode. What's but- a better? What's a better? What's a better action? All right, is what's what's a better action ship? <laughs> the ship from Speed Two,
1: which is a cruise ship or a battleship? <laughs> because I still think if you'd made Under Siege
0: in a fucking cruise ship, I'd watch this shit. Out of that. <laughs> I the only the only reason I'd want to watch Speed Two again is if someone told me there's a director's cut <laughs> where the where the cruise ship's got a face and it can talk. And, and there's an NC where as it's crashed, it's like Aah! I would watch a re-edit if they are googly eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know what I mean? Like it don't need to look it doesn't look like need to look like a realistic ship face. It can be googly eyes and funny. It's probably <laughs> Fucking! Yeah. I'd watch the fucking shit. I would. <laughs> it's it's, well, it's there with the cat's arsehole and there's the cat's I'd Especially if it. they didn't address it in the first two acts. Like, <laughs> right? so they didn't get on the ship, and the ship didn't go like, welcome aboard. Yeah. Like, they just they didn't address the fact that the ship could talk <gasps> until the very end when it's crashing into that peach and that port, <laughs> and then you just heard screaming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Sandra B, fucking what are you doing? stop your dickhead! Oh. Yeah, that's the film I want to see. There should be more faces on things. <laughs> yeah. Like if Under Seas 2 was fucking taking Thomas the Tank Engine.
1: It's <laughs> crossover you didn't know that you wanted. Yeah, I, that. I reckon ah, though Thomas is so honourable he'd take out fucking he'd take out Cigar. Because apparently this is one of the films where he he was really he he, he asked Catherine Heigl to be his girlfriend who was like 15, 16 at the time it's just like this is where it starts. Oh so, so I reckon Thomas would step on that landmine and go do you know what? You're gone. Yeah. Thomas <laughs> just derails himself. <laughs> for, for the great and good. I'm doing it for humanity.
0: <laughs> oh. yeah, well, under an hour, James. It's not happened oh my for a long God. time. Do you know what I'm watching on Netflix? I'm
1: watching The Sandman.
0: Great show. Uh, Very I, complex. I, I, I love. Very
1: rich. I love the storyline. I love the world that's been built, obviously. What I can't get over is the main character's voice. I didn't. It's so, because he's obviously supposed to be like dark and brooding, but mm, also his, his, emo. His, Yeah, pretty much. And I know his voice is supposed to be like the voice that you hear when you're falling asleep because obviously he's the the dream of the endless. However, his voice irritates me to the point that keeps me awake. (laughs) It's like the opposite. But I am loving the little storyline of like he's got to find his heart, his sand, his, his jewel. Wondering where it's going. Yeah. After the second episode though, is Jenna Coleman done?
0: Does she not show up again?
1: Uh... I think she does. Oh, okay, fine. No spoilers. I'm, I'm on it. It's what we're watching at the minute. Yeah, it's
0: very good. It's very good. It does. It gets. It does definitely get better as it heals towards the end. And you know, there's a Gwendolyn Christie is awesome in it. And um, that's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. She's on the main cover at the minute. Now
1: I don't know if it's because I'm a few episodes in, her. she has something to do with the devil or hell yeah, or something. Yeah, she, so yeah. I'm really
0: looking forward I mean, to she's that. She's Lucifer. She, the whole hell scenes are brilliant. Oh, uh, looking forward to that. It, I thought it was really, really good. And there's, there is an episode later on as well with. That was like a deaf character, you know, who plays deaf, yeah, and that's really interesting, like a really good episode. But, um, I've got another thing as well as we desperately try to stretch this out. I had no idea how they were actually going to make a
1: sequel I'd want to watch for the four Monty. Oh, you this seen, TV show, seen the trailer for it. I have, yeah, it genuinely looks really interesting. Like, like did, I didn't think I'd give a toss about these characters, but I'm genuinely
0: interested but in also, it, but also, like, it doesn't anywhere in it mention stripping yeah so i imagine that isn't the i imagine this I, disney plus tv it's, show is it's not, about, not about stripping it can't be because i was like "Do so they get the cocks out <laughs> <laughs> i need to know what i'm signing up for like, um
1: yeah so i'm really looking forward to it. I, I think it's really great there's some great british talent in it as well and then the scene it ends and goes you, you're still doing it and you look at them they're all so old but like i remember when they were in their prime and then i remember thinking my life over Aaron? <laughs> am i dying is this it <laughs> am i dying <laughs> The only one who looks the same is Robert Carlyle. I think he feasts on, like,
0: Virgin, but it's the only way. And Carlyle, I'm a massive fan of Carlyle. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, I like actors, Mark Addy as well. I think Mark Addy's such Addie a well, yeah. actor, I he? like actors that play middle-class, working-class people. Yeah.
1: Well, now I'm from Sheffield, mate. They, these are my people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I probably am going to dabble in it. Mm-hmm. I, I am actually on, on the hunt at the moment for my next TV show. I am watching Swing at the moment, oh. but it's a secret mission that I'm going to bring to a podcast at oh, some okay, point. Oh, fair enough. So I can't tell you what it is, but I am... If it's am, the Expanse, I'm going to marry No, you. <laughs> I, am in, I, am, I am on a journey oh. that is going to come to a podcast at some point, oh, That's good. Um, which I can't wait to talk about. But I need that TV show or something. So um, that's our show. Do let us know what you want to listen to next, if you've got any recommendations. We've had someone propose to us the Evil Dead movies. Are they? I've,
1: my phone's broke So I haven't been able To go on the internet for a while
0: Yeah so um, uh, Assuming it's the Bruce right Campbell <laughs> The Bruce Campbell And then obviously The remake that came out And then of course We've got a even newer version Of the Evil Dead As Come well in. I must admit Wasn't Evil- a massive fan Of blood guts gore And um, I always ever, get conf- and, and pissing about With books that shouldn't be read I
1: always get confused By the first one Isn't the second one A remake of the first one
0: With just a slightly Different ending Yeah yeah. yeah I, I can never differentiate <laughs> Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 should watch him it's ringy, isn't it it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's some of his best work and that's probably why I to need to, watch to rewatch him. it so I can actually clarify the difference between the two because I know for the longest time I'm like I don't know which one happens in which obviously the second one Bruce Campbell goes back in time. We'll, we'll we'll ride that roller coaster when we come to it. Um, but yeah, any other ideas that you want to do for a podcast? Do let us know. It feel not, like
1: an Indiana Jones one's coming because uh, at the end of the next month, it, that's out. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy very to do about that. Um,
0: to do the three Indiana Jones movies. That's fine. I feel like we've done that. We, we have <laughs> we've done. that done I mean, we did a whole episode which was on the Indiana Jones uh, films, and we completely ignored the fact that there's a fourth movie. it is because yeah. Um, yeah. Jonesy, <laughs> Jonesy, Killer ants. I also feel like
1: Scarface should be done. So I rewatched The Departed recently. Oh, Random re- because oh no, it's because I've really started looking at leaving. So I think it's on Amazon, and now it says thirty days be- before you can watch it. I was like, I've seen The Departed in ages. I'll give that a go because obviously I need something on in the background whilst I was like with the dog, and it turned out to be
0: fucking brilliant. <laughs> the Departed is awesome, yeah, isn't it? The Departed, I do. I, I must admit though, I do. Prefer the Jack Nicholson scenes Yeah I felt like he went out of the film too early Okay Alright Jack Nicholson He was in it till the end Jack Nicholson dies halfway through Doesn't he? No he doesn't In The well, Departed Yeah Dies on the construction vehicle yeah, yeah At the end of the film That's not the end of the film Yeah there's only like two
1: There's like there's only like, like ten minutes after that
0: I mean, I'm sorry he wasn't in for the last ten minutes Aaron I didn't think he did. I, yeah, I thought he died. Mate, you've period. only got like a week to watch it. No, maybe i I think he's on Amazon. i only watched it at the cinema. I've never watched it since. I've oh, never fair. been inspired to go back and watch it. I mean, no, it's it, because, it was
1: great. Genuinely, it's because i watched it. I genuinely forget that you've got Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon and somehow they get out-acted by fucking uh, Mark Wahlberg.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I remember Warburg's Last Man Standard, isn't he, in is yeah. the film? He's yeah, got only... Baldwin, isn't it? <laughs> Can't win him all. it has got Martin Sheen in it, not it, isn't it? Yeah It's a huge cast He's got, he's got a part. huge cast yeah. Mate, yeah. he's got Ray Winston You're not mentioning that Ray yeah, f- Winston yeah. What, the, what the films has he been in? <laughs> not Indiana Jones <laughs> There's a uh, Yeah no I, I, I thought Nixon died early on in the no. movie And then there was the second half of it where no. There was no mob boss so. No there's it's only a small bit after he dies oh. Oh, Obviously the big thing was the Leo exit Leo. Was, yeah. No one saw that coming Well I've seen Internal turn so yeah Oh well
1: there you go they are trying to make a prequel to it as well Oh, let it, anyway, that, Scorsese, it Scorsese, Scorsese, that'd be a cracker. Like you say, if we couldn't do Under Siege, we could do Martin Brando yeah. or like Gwyneth Paltrow or
0: um, <laughs> someone who deserves it. I, I read this thing, Scorsese being interviewed because he's obviously got this new movie coming out with DiCaprio. Oh, I read this and, as well, it's horrible. And um, yeah, I know the subject matter is yeah. based on, but too um, many stories, not enough time. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, that yeah. was quite wasn't easy. He, he goes, I've got so many stories to tell, but I don't have the time to tell them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's he's obviously 80, so... Um, yeah, I think that'll be sad.
1: I don't, I think the film the film industry will more just like I always think the Britain will shut down when David Jason dies. Mm. If because he's so far the only one left standing who hasn't been tainted by horrible scandals. Not Edmonds, but his day's coming. Yeah. It's dead. Obviously, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Wait till not Mr. Mr Blobby starts to
0: <laughs> releases his tallow. Blobby, Blobby, Blobby.
1: <laughs> he he's <did> what? what? <laughs>
0: We've made really it. So many of our listeners are right now with a Mr. Blobby reference. I've got a friend who lives in the states, and uh, he sent me this picture, and it was like, "What the fuck is going yes. on in your country?" And it was, it was Mr. Blobby on loose women, and, and, the, and the, and the, and the, the, uh, you know, Mr. Blobby, at the bottom, Blobby, it, at the bottom where it tells you like what they're talking about is Blobby, <laughs> Blobby on Brexit. <laughs> I thought that sums up. British Brilliant. daytime television where he's like, Brexit's happening. Get Blobby in to talk about it. <laughs> oh, Schofield's left this morning. Couldn't give a shit. <laughs> That's our show for this week. <laughs> if I don't see you later. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good G- night. Goodbye.